The personnel in Philadelphia hasn't changed much from last year, but the Eagles offense could have an entirely different look in 2020. Welcome into another episode of Fantasy Football in 15, the start of another week. Happy Monday to everyone out there listening to Fantasy Football in 15. Thank you for joining us as we run through our State of the Team series. I am your host, Michael Beller, joined as always by Derek Van Riper. DVR, how you doing today, man? Doing well, Beller. How you doing? Also well, uh, ready to start another week. We are actually closing in on the end of this State of the Team series. Still a couple of weeks left to go, but uh, you know, we're, we're rounding the corner. I would say we're uh, you know we're like a, a baseball a base runner going from first to third. The uh, uh, third base coach is waving us in after uh, single to right field, and that's uh, where we're headed in this State of the Team series. Love mixing football and baseball, especially with baseball on its way back. Today, we talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, and to do that, we bring on Zach Berman. Zach, how you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is an interesting team to look at. It's one of the few teams, as I was putting together the rundown, where I felt like the quarterback was one of the least interesting things to talk about. Carson Wentz feels like a pretty safe, solid, we-know-what-to-expect guy. The most interesting part of this team, to me, is that wide receiver. The Eagles dealt with uh, what I would say almost a statistically impossible number of injuries at wide receiver last year. You wouldn't believe it unless you saw it happen, and we did see it happen. Even before the injuries, there were some questions about some of the speed, athleticism, getaway ability of some of the receivers on the team, and they wasted no time in the draft getting the position a little bit of strength using the 21st pick on Jalen Rager. What should we expect his immediate role in the offense to be? So I, I think the Eagles initially will will try to play down uh, the expectations for Rager, but I anticipate him playing a, a big role in this offense, being one of their top wide receivers, getting on the field early and progressing as as the season goes on. I I don't think you're you're going to see an AJ Brown type rookie year, but I think you can expect somewhere between let's say 500 and 800 receiving yards. Uh, they they like his big play ability, uh, so he'll be used to stretch the field. Uh, so I would look at Jeremy Macklin's rookie year with the Eagles back in 2009 as a comp for what to expect from Jalen Rager. Injuries were a huge part of Alshon Jeffrey's 2019 season. When he's healthy, is it back to business as usual for him? I know there were some rumors that maybe he was on his way out at one point, but do you see him potentially bouncing back to something efficiency-wise that might look as good as his 2018 numbers? Yeah, it's 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 hard for me to, to really give any listener, um, I, I would say like a, a stock tip on Alshon Jeffrey. And, and the reason I, I say that is because there's so much unknown. First off, the injury is a major variable. Uh, there have been just, just a, there's a lot around him this offseason. I do think the Eagles are going to want to try to get something out of him. But I think almost what they get out of him is 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 a bonus because he's coming off a major injury suffered in December. And obviously we haven't seen him. The team hasn't seen him in person. Uh, so there will be a, a better sense of, of where he is from an injury recovery perspective this summer. Uh, but as, as, as you're outlining your fantasy year, 
I certainly wouldn't have Alshon Jeffrey as somebody who who like you were you are focusing on in your draft or in your auction. I think more it's 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 a bonus type play. And if you get something out of him, it's a good thing. Uh, but you can't necessarily have those expectations at this point. Got to hit one more receiver before we move on here. The team brought in some speed in Marquise Goodwin, but hey, at 33 years old, Deshaun Jackson still one of the speediest guys in the league, one of the most dangerous deep threats there still is. Of course, injuries completely crushed his 2019 season. Uh, assuming health for him, which I know is a little bit of a stretch, should we expect it to be business as usual, a guy who's going to stretch the field, who they're going to take some big shots on deep and have that boomer bust mentality from week to week? Definitely. As, as far as wide receivers go, I think you should consider uh, Deshaun Jackson to be the Eagles' number one wide receiver. Now, I qualify it as wide receiver because, really, Zach Ertz is, is their top receiver, and then Dallas Goddard is potentially their number two receiver. But in terms of wide receivers, Deshaun's their top option. You saw what he did in week one last year before the injury uh, where Carson Wentz looked at him deep, and he, he had that dynamic ability, and the Eagles are really counting on that from him. Like you mentioned, injuries are a concern. They, they, they will continue to be a concern with Deshaun, but when he's on the field, uh, they're, they're going to get him the ball. Now, the Eagles eased Miles Sanders along last year and took an injury to Jordan Howard for him to take over the majority of the backfield touches. He was a force in the second half of the season, 482 rushing yards on 103 carries, 204 receiving yards on 28 catches. That came with 36 targets and four total touchdowns. As we move into 2020, is this definitively his backfield? Because I've seen fantasy owners already drafting Miles Sanders as like a mid-first-round pick in 2020. Yes, this is definitively his backfield. So I was reluctant to give any uh, type of stock tip on Alshon Jeffrey. I won't have that reluctance with with Miles Sanders. Buy Miles Sanders stock. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I would feel strongly about that from a fantasy perspective. I'll put it this way. In, in, in Doug Peterson's four years in Philadelphia, they've really had a running back by committee for the most part. But that's really because of the players they've had in the backfield. They've been looking for a player like Miles Sanders, and they are going to ride Miles Sanders. He's he's going to run the ball. He's going to catch the ball. As long as he's healthy, he's going to be on the field. He's going to be a major part of this offense. Uh, you've seen in the past second-year running backs take that jump. I think Miles Sanders fits that category. Uh, he's He's one of their top offensive players, and they're going to treat him as such. Yeah, as DVR said, we saw what he can do when he's unleashed. Uh, last year after the Jordan Howard injury, those numbers he mentioned coming in the Eagles' final seven games, if we could see that over sixty-two or 16 games, that would be something a lot of fantasy owners would welcome. Since we're on the subject of running backs, just a quick follow-up here. Boston Scott getting some love as a late-round dart throw. We know he's going to be involved in some form or fashion. What's really his role on this team this season? Yeah, he'll, he'll be a, a chess piece for them. And if the Eagles don't add a veteran running back in the, in the next month and a half, then Boston Scott has a lot of value as a Miles Sanders handcuff and then also as, as a player who can uh, get on the field receiving the ball. Uh, he'll have a, a few carries. He, he won't be uh, like it, it's not going to be a committee approach in my opinion. So Sanders won't have the same type of value as the second Eagles running back in past years, or perhaps even what Darren Sproles had when Sproles was was rolling for the Eagles. But Sanders will be on the field. They are going to get him involved. And if 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 Miles Sanders were to go down, 
and and you saw this in, in week 17 last year, Sanders or, or Scott would have a lot of value then. You touched on this a little bit earlier. No team really has a one-two punch at tight end like the Eagles. Zach Ertz saw his target share and volume decrease last year, but it was off the charts in 2018. Still came up with 88 catches on 135 targets, 916 yards, and six touchdowns. That was only playing in 15 games. Is it safe to say he is still this team's number one pass catcher? I mean, we talked about the receiving core. Is that gap narrowing because of all the other weapons, or does Ertz still have a pretty healthy floor of being an 80-catch option in this offense? Yes, yes. Zach Ertz has a healthy floor and still has a high ceiling. Uh, as, as long as he's on the field, they're going to get him the ball. Carson Wentz has that connection with him. He's their number one target. Um, I think you can feel very safe with Zach Ertz on your roster, and, and, and there's a lot of upside there too uh, because he's a volume player. Uh, so uh, he, there, there have been injuries in the past few years. The, 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 the seasons when he's played every game, you've really seen that production, um, you know, almost like a, a number one receiver, and I, th- I think you'll see that again as long as he's healthy. You know, last year at this time, he was considered as part of an obvious top three at the position, guys who were clustered together. I mean, it was Travis Kelsey just a little bit ahead, and then you had George Kittle and Zach Ertz together, uh, very highly drafted guys. Now, this year what we're seeing is it's Kelsey and Kittle grouped together, and then Ertz actually sliding back a little bit more in the same range as where we're seeing someone like Darren Waller and someone like Mark Andrews go. Now, I'm not going to ask you to handicap those tight ends, but does that feel like a mistake? Does Ertz still belong in the Kelsey Kittle tier from uh, what you know about this Eagles offense? I would say in that tier now, I'd be hard-pressed to say take him over uh, Kittle or or Kelsey, but I, I think that you're you're gonna have consistency. You're gonna have volume. Um, you're 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 gonna have the chance for touchdowns. I, I just think it's 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 a really safe pick with upside. So yes, he he should be in in that tier. I wouldn't be concerned about his playing time going down. I wouldn't be concerned about his production going down. I wouldn't be concerned ab- about any of of the questions with the offense. Really, the only variable that I think could factor into Ertz's production is injury. Dallas Goddard had another impressive year in a supporting role. 58 catches, 607 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, With the additions at wide receiver and with a healthier group of receivers, at least to begin the season, can his workload be scaled up? Or do we have to look at that and say, hey, that's probably where he's at in 2020 if everybody around him can stay healthy? No, I I really think Goddard's production and and his playing time is going to continue to increase. I think the Eagles are going to lean in to playing 12 personnel, so playing two tight ends, and, and they'll have Ertz and Goddard on the field together. I'd, I'd be bullish about both Eagles' tight ends and probably bearish on on the wide receivers uh, because I, I think the focus in this offense is, is going to be the tight ends and the running backs, and they'll probably use those receivers to stretch the field and try to open up space um, and and when they do that, it's it's really going to benefit Ertz and Goddard. I think they feel they have a mismatch when both are on the field. Goddard's an ascending player; he's entering his third season with the team. Uh, if he was on a different roster where Zach Ertz wasn't on the team, 
you'd be talking about his 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 production even more than than what it was. He's still ranked top ten in receptions, still ranked top ten in receiving yards, um, and, and and that was while he was dealing with some injury things on his own end. Uh, so I would be. Uh, I, I would take uh, Dallas Goddard with uh, with confidence. Frankly, if I were to give you kind of my my top three receivers in this Eagles offense, I would say it's Ertz, then Goddard, then Miles Sanders. I think you'd have to get the number four be, before you hit a wide receiver, and I think that probably says much about kind of the direction of the Eagles offense right now. Yeah, it's a uniquely built offense, that's for sure. And if you just look at Ertz and Goddard together from a year ago, you've got 146 catches, more than 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns. Have to believe they're going to continue to turn into that competitive advantage at the tight end position this season. I mentioned off the top that Carson Wentz feels like the most boring part of this team, not from a production standpoint, but just from a, we basically know what he is from a fantasy perspective. But of course, we still have to talk to him. You know, it felt like a slog at times for him last year, but when you consider all the injuries that this team dealt with, the bottom line numbers are pretty darn impressive. A little bit more than 4,000 yards, threw for 27 touchdowns, just seven interceptions. We did see the efficiency drop back 6.7 yards per attempt, and he needed to throw the ball more than 600 times to get to those numbers. Is there a belief around this team that just with better health and with more Dallas Goddard in the offense, with Zach Ertz doing his thing, with Miles Sanders bringing a different element to the offense this year as ownership of the backfield, that the efficiency numbers for Wentz will just naturally come up? Yes, and and the Eagles... uh have have been tinkering with their offensive scheme this offseason to to really try to maximize Carson. That you know you'll see uh, him roll out of the pocket a, a little more. They're they're going to get him on the move. Uh, they've they're they're really studying kind of what what San Francisco and, and what that that those Kyle Shanahan offenses did uh, to try to implement some of that. So I I do think that will be beneficial for him. Uh, but I I'd probably say Carson's a, a like a better real life quarterback than he is a fantasy quarterback if that makes sense. You're you're gonna get good production from him and and, and there's and there's high upside, but I, but he's obviously not in in that Mahomes tier, and I don't know if 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 he'll get there. Yeah, definitely not in the Mahomes tier. I would uh, I agree with you there. But uh, hey, I mean, he's still being drafted as uh, you know back end QB one somewhere uh, just inside the top ten, and that feels appropriate, especially if this team has better luck with injuries this year than it did last year. That's the Philadelphia Eagles and Zach Berman. Zach, thanks so much for joining us today. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Uh, you can follow Zach on Twitter at zberm, and also be sure to check out our Eagles podcast, Birds with Friends. That is with Zach. Bo Wolf and Shield Capadia. And that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. If you are not yet an athletic subscriber, you can get a free 30 day trial at theathletic.com slash football in 15. For Derek Van Riper and Zach Berman, I'm Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 will be back with you tomorrow.